This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ariana, your host. Today is bringing on Linda Evans. Linda Evans is a strength-based career coach, speaker, and writer who specializes in personal branding. Just what I love to hear in this podcast. She started her virtual career coaching business, launched by Linda, in 2011, and has worked in higher education for 10 years and five universities. Linda earned her BA in American Studies and a minor of ballroom dance from Birmingham and Young University and an MA in psychology counseling from Columbia University. She is also a Gallup certified strength coach and has certificates in positive psychology and public speaking. Linda resides in San Antonio, Texas. Wow, what an amazing bio. Linda, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. I'm excited to talk with you today. Absolutely. Linda, I love your background. I love everything you have to say. I love how you come up on LinkedIn and all the amazing things that you stand by when it comes to career coaching, which is why I'm so excited for you to be on the show today because a lot of our listeners are interested in learning how to take a jump in their career, how to find that path, and even how to switch careers or even become a career person since they are just graduating college. So why don't you start by telling us your career trajectory and your story? Like, how did you become career coach Linda? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a little over 10 years since I graduated from college. That's where I usually start my story. I majored in American studies, which is just out of my pure love of American history. Never really had any career plans for that. But throughout college, I volunteered and I had part-time jobs um, mentoring other students and I just loved that so I, I wanted to make a career out of working in a university so I wanted to stay in school never wanted to leave and um, I tried a few master's programs and didn't like them and dropped out of them after two semesters each and decided that I would actually graduate from the counseling program because that's where I learned how to talk with people. I wanted those conversation skills, those listening skills to help students feel comfortable and help them navigate through their college and post-college lives. I worked as like administrative person, like an executive assistant, secretary for five years throughout grad school. And as soon as I got my master's degree, I got a full-time job as a career counselor in a university at Columbia where I did my master's. And then I tried academic advising for a little bit. So all of you who went to college had to meet with an academic advisor at some point. They help you pick classes and your major. Um, I did not like that as much. I really missed career counseling. So I went back to career services and that's where I was up until last month. I uh, left my full-time career for an extended break to take care of my baby girl. So I plan to go back eventually and get a PhD to be a professor. So along that whole 10 year journey, I also had my side business, my side hustle launched by Linda, where I started by editing resumes of friends and family. And then as I gained more skills and credentials in like coaching, public speaking, I um, added to my business. So right now I help people with personal branding, changing careers, practicing for interviews, um, LinkedIn branding, cover letters, all the career tasks that people need help with. Um, I really enjoy the process. And I also have started writing articles, doing podcast interviews when COVID started. COVID was actually a great opening for opportunities to go beyond just coaching, uh, where I 
did a lot of public speaking, uh, well, through Zoom, you know, a lot of webinars, a lot of like panels, presenting for different classes, and also writing articles for Brains Magazine, which is an international business online magazine, as well as LinkedIn articles. And that's been really fun. So I've had my hand in a little bit of everything. But mainly, I, I consider myself a career coach, because that is the focus and everything else kind of supports that role. That's amazing. And you know what, I just love the idea that you want to go back to get your PhD and become a professor, because we need more professors with your type of background, people who have that idea of careers and understand the mm-hmm. corporate world. Because I, we all went to college, obviously, we're talking about it. But it's just so bizarre to me how a lot of professors just don't really teach us things that are in the real world. Like we go to college and then we come out of it and realize that we don't know anything about the real world. We don't know about politics. We don't know how to navigate the the careers there in the corporate world. We don't know how to ask promotions. We don't know how to create a resume, something so simple like a resume or a LinkedIn profile or how to interview, how to do any of that. I think that having people like you who have that perspective and that experience would be such an amazing addition to our colleges and our classes that would make it a lot worth it to pay for college. So thank you so much for the mission that you are doing and and all the amazing work. And congratulations on being able to stay home with your little girl and continue to just change lives through through career coaching. Thank you. Yeah, I plan to keep my side hustle going um, as I take on the full-time job of being a stay-at-home mom. So I'm excited to continue to learn and contribute, you know, online and with clients as I grow professionally because I don't plan to stay stagnant for the next several years, you know, just because I'm a mom. Um, although the mom role is center focused right now. I totally understand that. And in the beginning of the conversation, when you were introducing yourself, you talked a little bit about how you actually are a natural good listener and how you know that, that you wanted to be a career coach. Can you talk to us a little bit about how can the listeners listening right now to, to this podcast, how can they create a mission statement? Because having a mission statement is usually the very first step of creating that personal brand of your values, right? Creating that paragraph of who you want people mm-hmm. to see you as. So can you tell us how can we potentially craft a, a successful mission statement? Yeah, I love that question because it is, like you said, the foundation, the heart and soul of your personal brand. It is where it should start. And and it's the probably the hardest thing because, so I like to define a personal mission statement as a, like a one sentence summary of why you do what you do, how you want to be remembered after you die. Um, And I know we don't talk about death much, but I think that provides a helpful perspective in that looking backward over your life, you can be proud of what you've accomplished. You can have no regrets. So how I like to teach writing a personal mission statement is first do a self-inventory of your interests, your strengths, personality traits, values, and goals. So those are like the five categories that I recommend. Um, And writing words that you would use to describe yourself in those five categories. So again, personality, strengths, values, goals, and interests. So once you have those words written down, then you can start picking out the ones that you feel like are like your must-have words. Like how do you want to focus your life? So I would divide it into verbs and nouns verbs being actions, right? Things that you want to do and nouns being either values or principles, causes that you support. Um, And then just taking those words and, and playing around with the order so that you create one sentence that flows 
and that you can memorize. So it needs to be short enough that you can memorize it. Mine is actually kind of long and I have to like remind myself of it regularly. The reason is you want to be able to bring it out of your memory whenever you need it, whenever you're making a hard decision, whenever you have to choose between different options, whenever you feel kind of stuck and blah, like you want to be inspired. Your personal mission statement should be like that boost that instantly gives you a boost of energy, a boost of meaning, a boost of joy that motivates you to move forward in a direction that is meaningful to you. So I encourage people to ask for feedback from people who know them really well to see if that mission statement, you know, matches who they are already, um, because it should be like something that you're doing now, but also aspirational. And I, I encourage people to write mission statements that are not job-based. So it shouldn't be something that depends on your employment status. Like, oh, I can only do this if I'm fully employed. Because you want something that can work in every area of your life, whether you're employed, unemployed, volunteering, working part-time, laid off, you know, retired, something that can work every day. I have a personal mission statement that has multiple parts. And if I do like one of those parts a day, then I can feel like, I've served my personal mission that day. So it's it's very multifaceted, but I think it's so useful because we have so many options and so many choices in life. And when we come across these options, we feel overwhelmed. Like, well, what do I what do I spend my limited time and energy and money on, right? Um, and a personal mission statement is like your compass. It gives you direction and helps you feel grounded. It's just so hard to really pick a path because there's so many options, as you mentioned. So many options. So many. And then that takes me into an interesting question that you and I chatted before we recorded. And that is the concept of differentiating a job versus Mm -hmm. occupation versus career Mm -hmm. versus calling. And I think that that's such an important topic to cover, especially right after we come after this. We haven't come out of it, but we're still on it, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And how people have really reevaluated their life choices and how they now are more important in aligning their job, the career occupation to their calling it their values and all of that. So I would love to hear like their differences mm-hmm. and how come people weren't like there before, before the pandemic? <laughs> oh, that's okay. Okay. So those are like two huge questions. So let me answer the first one. So I, I first learned about those differences in two separate frameworks. So one framework is just definitions, job versus occupation versus career. Occupation is a category of jobs, right? So let's use the example of nurse. A nurse is an occupation, but you can have many different jobs within that occupation, right? So you can be like, I don't know all the different nursing levels, but you can be like a nurse at this hospital. You could be like an ER nurse at this hospital. You could be like a nurse in a Um, like a retirement home, we can be a nurse in a school, right? So those are all different jobs, they're very specific place, um, with specific job title, but they're all under the occupation of nurse. And a career is like an extended amount of time. And it includes your experience, your education, awards, skills, it's kind of like the big picture, a career is like, I've had a career of 40 years, you know, in nursing in five different states at 10 different hospitals, like that's your career. So that's one framework, the definitions. The other framework is like, job, career and calling. So that's how you view what you're doing. And I like to give the example of three workers who are working on this religious temple, right? And somebody comes by and asks them, they're doing the exact same thing. The uh, the person asks the first worker, what are you doing? And the worker says, I'm laying bricks. And so, okay, so that's, he's, he views it as like 
a job. Like he just does the work, he gets paid, right? Like he, if he didn't get paid, he wouldn't do it. Like he's just doing it for the money. The next guy says, I'm building a wall and I hope to become an architect. He sees it as a career in that he he wants to move up the ladder. He wants to progress and grow in that uh, field. And then the third person is doing the exact same thing, but he says, I'm building a temple of God. And so he sees it as a calling. Like this is something that he's meant to do, right? That he would do even if he didn't get paid for it because it's so meaningful and fulfilling to him that he sees it as a calling, even though he's doing the exact same thing as the other two people. So however you view your job right now is fine. It's not saying like everybody needs to have a calling. Some people are like, I just want to get a job. I just want the paycheck and I'll do my hobbies on the side. Like I can still have a happy life. But I think it's important for people to know what they're looking for so that they can feel fulfilled. And I think the next question with that naturally would be, well, what are your tips on people finding that? Like, how do we find the meaning? How do we find that work that really just means a lot more than just a job or an occupation or even a career? Like, what are some tips that you can give, especially for younger generations? Because I... I'm an immigrant to this country and I'm a first gen college grad. And so a lot of the things that I have done, (laughs) thank you. A lot of the things that I have done in my career, in my life have been because of a lot of the visions my parents had for us, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that they didn't or couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that, you know, for example, my generation or my kids coming on, that they do the things that they think is best for them and what it is that really calls them out. So I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of us, especially this generation, you know, millennials, Gen Z, Mm -hmm. feel a lot of pressure from our parents or even the society of doing certain things and kind of fitting in certain areas or checking certain boxes. But I think it's so important for us as the younger generation to understand that we get to stand in our own ground and choose the work that really makes us happy. And so I would love to hear from you, since you're such an expert on this topic, is what are you things are some of the things we can do to, to find that meaning in the work? And that's basically the main question of every client who comes to me for career coaching. <laughs> is how do I find something that you know speaks to my soul, that makes me want to wake up in the morning? And I think, so these, this is you know um, life according to Linda. <laughs> my, my two <laughs> suggestions are... To, to try everything that you're curious about. Follow your natural curiosity and try things. That's how I've learned and that's how I've seen a lot of people learn is you think you want to do something, but when you try it, you, you might suck at it, right? Or you might hate it. Like you you see it from the outside and you're like, oh, it'd be so cool to be a police officer or it'd be so cool to be a pilot or it'd be so cool to be whatever, you know? And, and once you get into it, you're like, oh, I really don't like this part of the job. Like, that's not what I thought it was. Or, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I realize I'm not very artistic. And this job requires a lot of creativity. And I just don't have that naturally. It's 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 painfully hard for me. Um, so you have to try things. I think maybe that's something that is good in the current world in that kids have a lot of options like after school activities, you know, school classes, you can, you can try things in many different ways. You can try things just by talking to people, children, youth, teenagers who have a relative or a family friend who's doing something that seems cool. They should talk to them. Just ask them about, you know, what their day's job is like. You don't have to actually do it yourself. It would be the best if you could do it yourself, you know, find a part-time job, volunteer, um, join a club, you know, like try it out. So that, that's like the first thing I think it's really important is to like try on the clothes, try on the shoes. I, I, I use that analogy, you know, like you see it on the shelf, it looks great, but unless you put it on, 
you don't know if it feels good. And then the second part of that is to be self-aware. You have to dig into yourself, like, how does it feel? Does this make me feel happy? Does it make me feel energized? Does it make me feel drained? Does this make me feel um, insecure? And, you know, and whatever it is you're feeling, why? Like, do I love this because I get to help make the world a cleaner place? Do I love this because it makes me feel in control? Do I love this because... I care about the environment and this is going to help clean up the environment. You know, whatever it is, self-awareness um, is the hard work. That That is the internal work that takes time. It takes uh, honesty and humility. Like, hey, there are some things that I just can't do very well and that's okay because there are other people in the world who do well at that and there are other things that I do well, right? And being honest with yourself about what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at. I love that, Linda. And Let's say that, you know, you have one of these clients who come to you because they're really lost and they really don't know what their quote unquote calling is. And let's say that you go through an exercise of how to find that calling. And let's say that they've tried a few things through volunteering or even just interviewing other people, because obviously through career coaching, in order for them to try out different things that would have had to take like years of coaching, right? right to be able right. to work with you. But let's say that they interview some people who already are in those careers that they want to potentially, you know, explore. What is the next step from there? Because I feel like a lot of people um, get so stuck on like, okay, I need to find my my calling. And once they find it, it's like then they get stuck again because it's like, okay, what's the strategy behind finding a new job in a career that I've never had before? Uh, or um, ha- what are the next steps after that? Like, what do you recommend job seekers to do once they find that calling? Or maybe they are in the process of finding it and want to mm-hmm. get into the shoes of trying that out. This is all hard work. This is why people like want the easy solutions, right? Like the trying things out that takes time that might take money um and then being self-aware that takes time and that takes vulnerability and honesty humility um and then the next step is networking this is like you have to know the right people to help you get into those spots right the networking comes before the skill building most likely when you're getting into a career like into a field of work or you're switching from one field of work to another you're going to need new skills because Otherwise, it would be the same job, right? So if you want to switch jobs, switch career fields, um, you're going to need to find out, do I need a new degree? That's a big investment, right? Um, Or just like another certificate. Like there's a lot of certificates now that are very skill-based, right? Not not like the whole four-year degree or a master's or a doctorate. Um, Or do I just need some shadowing? Can I find an entry-level job that will help me build up? And a lot of people don't want that because they take a pay cut. If they're in mid-career, if they're a fresh college grad, then that's not as painful. But yeah, so you need to find out who are these people doing the things that I want to do and then talk to them, try to get their attention, you know, be efficient and respectful of their time. So go in with specific questions, take notes, write a thank you note and follow up with them. So there's a whole process of how to be good at informational interviewing that I try to teach clients so they don't mess things up. (laughs) So they don't like shoot themselves in the foot and, you know, kill off burn bridges. Um, So once you find out all this information from the people who are doing things that you want to do, then you need to gain those skills. And it's really helpful if you have a job already, right? Like if you're not unemployed, there's not that desperation to like, I need to make income and I'll take the first job that is given to me because that kind of rushes the process and then you might end up in another job you hate. So mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful for people who are looking for their, you know, a more fulfilling career or their first career out of college to have a stable, as stable as possible, a uh, source of income 
you know, so that they can take their time and do all this inner work, do all the experimenting, the soul searching, the networking as they're still paying the bills, you know, and supporting themselves because then they can take their time and try to get to that next place and, and not take jobs out of desperation. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so important to understand, especially as you're entering the the workforce and not knowing, maybe not having any type of advice or coaching. And some people, I understand they're unable to invest in that early on when they're first starting their careers, unless they have like support of a parent or something like that. It's very important to listen to these podcast episodes and understand that it's really not a clean cut answer to anything. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why it's so hard for people. Yes, it is hard. And don't feel alone because all of us have been there. I think that to understand is that, you know, I can give you all the strategies. I can bring on the amazing experts to to these podcasts to give you all the quote-unquote answers but sometimes you just have to do the work and a lot of people don't like doing that because again it takes vulnerability it takes admitting that you don't know or admitting that you're confused and stuck but that's part of the process so I am so so happy that you've mentioned that that sometimes it's it's just really not a magic pill that's gonna you're just gonna take it in Woo, you're so good at networking Woo, you got all the all the connections Mm -hmm. or oh I already found this amazing job that I love and some of us are lucky to have that like yes Mm -hmm. I already know what I want to do and I found the career that I like but some of us are still exploring and uh, that's totally okay too so thank you so much for sharing that and look at Linda after a 10-year career she's still considering going back to school and having her PhD and become a professor there there is no linear path anymore and and that's like a blessing and a curse right it's a blessing because obviously the world is open to to anyone first gen you know women people of color LGBTQ like there there are very few barriers now compared to any previous decade but that opens up the paradox of choice of like oh I have to do the work to figure out what is best suited for me right out of all these options um whereas before it was like the, ex- the other extreme we're like oh my parents want me to go this route that's the only route I can do like especially mm-hmm. immigrant parents <laughs> because they mm-hmm. have you know more invested I think in their children's futures um but yeah the 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 magic pill you mentioned um I think like one of those magic pills is assessments or mm-hmm. quizzes, you know, people want to just take a quiz and be like, okay, this tells me I should do this. It's like a fortune cookie, or it's like a magic eight ball. Um, it doesn't work that way, because you are a complex person. Each person has so many different um, facets to their personality, their experience, their goals, their dreams, their fears, their strengths, um, that you can't just take an assessment and base it on that. If you take any assessment, you should definitely get some kind of coaching on it, right? Like, um, and me being a strength certified coach, any assessment you take needs that processing afterwards. Um, I think another magic pill people take is whatever makes the most money, whatever um, gives you the mm-hmm. most secure income because, you know, student debt is very real and it's yes. very scary, right? <laughs> it's very scary. Be like, how am I going to pay this back? I need to pay this back you know, six months after graduation, whatever. Um, so that is another short cut that people look for that could end up, you know, maybe not, but like, like sometimes it could end up being really miserable and then they have to like start over because they didn't do the work the first time. Um, so it's better to do the work, like, you know, as young as you can, <laughs> as young as you can start, um, you know, like as an adult, start doing that internal work to figure out where do I want to go. So hopefully you don't have to make a huge switch later. Not that a huge switch is bad, but it's just a lot of work. 
And then I have one rapid fire question for you. I'd love to hear for those who are hearing and potentially interested in working with you. Can you just walk us through like what your process is like? What type of coaching do you offer and how that can potentially help my confused listeners out there trying to really find that path and potentially work with a strength coach like you? I think I'm different from a lot of coaches in that I don't have packages. So I just schedule one session at a time because I don't know how many sessions clients will need. So I don't really want to lock them into a certain number. So should we just schedule one at a time? I tell them my availability. They tell me what works for them. It, they're all Zoom sessions. They always have been virtual. And I have a website that can list like all the different services that I talk about. And my sessions are very fluid. So you know, you might come for resume editing, but then we realize, oh, you need help with interviewing or you need help with your LinkedIn as well. And we can build that in. Um, I am not trying to suck anyone into a long-term coaching relationship with me. I'm, I'm about like efficiency, get you off and running as quickly as possible. Great. Well, so great to hear. And at the end of the episode, of course, you're going to be sharing with us how we can find out more about that. But I do like to ask all of my guests one last question. And that is, if you could talk to baby Linda... What would you say and why? Well, I was an immigrant as well. So like baby Linda doesn't know English. <laughs> um, what would I tell her? I mean, I don't have any regrets. Like look, looking back over my education and career, I don't think I would do anything super different. Um, so I would probably just tell her like follow your curiosity. That will not lead you astray. Like whatever you love learning about, just just follow that. And that will lead you to good places, which it has. Mm. And I'm very grateful. I love that. Yeah, that's so cute. And then, yeah, uh, the baby and teenage Ariana did not know English either. So, <laughs> <hear you. laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Linda, for coming on. I appreciate you. Before we go, please let us know where we can find you, where can we hang out with you, or where can we consume your content? Awesome. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, like, all day, every day, almost. Uh, so, <laughs> Linda Evans. It's uh, launchedbylinda.com is my website, and that has links to a lot of free content and all my other platforms. So launchedbylinda.com. Amazing. Thank you, Linda, so much for coming on. I appreciate you, and I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you so much. It's great talking with you. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials, for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.